Sarvali, Sapakadi. Um, it's some box. It's some box bag. Maybe some box bag. You just pass that up there. Right, folks. Right, we're good. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa al-Aqibat al-Muntaqeen. Wa la'ajwana illa ala al-Zalimeen. Wa salawatu wallahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-Anbiya'i wal-Mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajalul hazna idha sha'ta sahla. Allahumma a'in ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everybody. Again, my apologies. Just got back from the hospital just about taqriban in time, although not in time. A few minutes late. Um, and uh, but not too late, so could have been worse. We have a few people who are first timers here, so uh, let me just say this is not the norm. But the last three weeks or two weeks, we have been unfortunately uh, late, but all of them, yani, with a good excuse. But still, inshallah, fix for next week, right? Zakaria, you're gonna do. Your uh, you're gonna do your thing or what, man? Put the text on the screen uh, for me, please. Uh, Hasia, the my father, he's okay. He's uh, better. Just we just discharged him right now, actually, right this second. Um, he doesn't need to go back now, and hopefully, uh, and test whatever. But the result is not uh, uh, back yet, not clear. So. We hope that uh, inshallah it's clear and then we can catch our flight um, on Friday. Back on Friday, but we just literally just got in. I have some of my friends here, some of the brothers here, got Wajiyah and the boys. And um, so, Alhamdulillah. All right, folks, so uh, there we go, just in time. Uh, وَيُوتِرُ الْمُتَهَجِّدُ بَعْدَهُ فَإِنْ تَبِعَ إِمَامَهُ شَفَعَ يعني شَفَعَهُ بِرَكَعَ يعني the prayer وَيُكْرَهُ أَتَنَفَّلُ بَيْنَهَا لَا أَتَّقِيبُ فِي جَمَعَةِ So the translation of this piece is, or this section, is that the Tarawih prayer is 20 units performed in congregation along with witr after Isha during Ramadan. So a number of conditions have been put. It's got to be 20 units, it's got to be in Jama'ah, witr's got to be done with it, it's got to be after Isha, it's got to be during Ramadan. The one performing tahajjud performs a witr after it. If he is praying witr with his imam, he may... Uh, yeah, if he's praying with her with his imam, he makes it even with a single unit. I just realized how terrible that is as a translation. He makes it even with a single unit. That's not wrong. That's not right. He makes it an even number with a single extra unit. That's probably the better translation, okay? He makes it or he turns it into an even number. I mean, this is not what the Arabic says. The Arabic is a shafa'ahu. He makes it even. 
But when you write it in English, it says he makes it even with a single unit. It's like, even if you only had to pray one unit, you just pray one unit, which is obviously a nonsense. So I didn't realize that until I've read it. So that should kind of say, if he's praying with her, with his Imam, he turns it even by adding an extra unit. That's how I should have translated it. Okay. It is disliked to perform further supererogatory prayers in between, that's in between the taraweeh itself, between the twos, between the fours. Unlike praying the ta'aqib prayer later in congregation. There's a lot to unpack here, to be honest. Okay? There's a lot to uh, unpack. Um, makes it even with an addition. See, Mesa, even your one, right? Makes it even with an additional unit. Yeah, it's certainly better than mine, but um, I still think that it's makes it even with an additional. Yeah, actually, yeah, okay. Makes it even with an additional unit. But, but the problem with adding so much language or words is that you're getting away from the, you know, the translation, which is it's not a major problem. But like, you know, for He makes shafa'a with one unit. So I translated it as he makes it even with a single unit, which is actually the literal translation. But it, it, it doesn't make sense. It says means something else. Mesa saying makes it even with an additional unit. So he turns it into an even number. Oh, don't add the any rakaat and he makes it. He turns it into an even number with an additional unit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, something like that. Okay, guys, something like that. All right, let's jump in. So that's the text that we're covering today. We've obviously the last two sessions we've done quite a bit on taraweeh and the night prayer and. And history. By the way, guys, I really apologize. Obviously, this was never meant to happen here uh, in this way. And the light is very poor, as you can see. Um, it's very dark and shadowy and whatever. Just, you know, trying to get over that. Uh, maximum lights are on, but there's no way that we can make it even more light. It's no major, I don't think, inshallah. Um, but I think the speed and the smoothness it will be great. And the quality on the camera, I think, is great. So I don't think that that's going to be... Uh, uh, that's probably more important. I think the sound. Can you guys hear the AC? I can turn it off. Are you getting cold, brother? Lala? Feeling cold? Feeling okay? Alright. So, yeah, Danish. Danish is giving salam, by the way. Yes, it is the one and only Wajih, bro. It's the one and only Wajih. He gives you salam back. Um, oh, Rivers is here as well, by the way. He gives salam as well, yeah. Uh, Alright, guys. Let's... Um, Start. We're going to be at the bottom of page 59. Okay. Um, let's just get this all sewn up. The one who prays the Hajjud prays with her after it. And if they are following an Imam, then they make it even with a single Raka'ah, additional uh, Raka'ah. They make it even with a single. I don't think that works, bro. That's how I was translating it first time around. No, I think it's got to be. Like I said, comma, and if they're following an imam, comma, they turn it even or they, or, or they, yeah, they turn it even. In the context is fine. Shut up. All right. We'll, we'll discuss this another day then. 
because it's late as it is. All right. Tuf'alu fi jama'atin. This is at the bottom of page 59, right? That it is done in a jama'ah. Sheikh Uthameen says, i.e., the taraweeh is prayed in a congregation. And so therefore, if a person was to go and pray at home by himself, then he would not achieve the sunnah. He would not achieve the sunnah. Now, we've got to, I just want to say something about this statement. That is accurate if, with my dearest respect to the Sheikh, of course, that's only accurate if he means by that taraweeh. The, 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 the known prayer of Taraweeh. If, of course, we say, but Taraweeh is a type of Qiyamul Layl, right? It's not Qiyamul Layl in of itself. It's a type of Qiyamul Layl. So, yeah, Taraweeh would not be valid as to be called Taraweeh if you prayed at home, which is why he doesn't say valid or invalid. He goes, the person would not achieve the Sunnah. So, what we'll say is that I think that personally, especially as Sheikh Uthameen will often comment on the statement of the author and say this is not going far enough, it's not detailed enough. So I think it's fair to also call the Sheikh out as well and say this is also not detailed enough. It's not complete enough. If we're saying, yeah, like the Muslims pray it in congregation, like the Prophet did literally, you can count it on one hand how many times he did it, then yeah, it needs to be done in Jama'ah, that is the Sunnah. However, if you mean the night prayer in Ramadan, then the Prophet ﷺ prayed that far more times alone at home than he prayed Taraweeh in congregation in uh, the Masjid. That's what he should have really added. So I hope that that makes sense. I hope that that makes sense. Anyway, Sheikh says, what's the evidence of this statement to say that you have got to pray in congregation? Um, the action of the Prophet ﷺ. We covered the hadith, obviously, in Bukhari and so on. And the command of Umar. So it's the action of the Prophet ﷺ, no statement, no commanding. The command of Umar when he gathered the people in the masjid and said, pray behind Ubay, okay? And then the agreement of the majority. That's very interesting he said that. I find that interesting. He said the most of the companions. Again, in my opinion, indicating what I personally hold, which is that a person who has the ability, they should be praying at home anyway. So it seems like potentially he's pointing out to the fact that some of the companions themselves didn't pray in the Jama'ah. And I'm, I, obviously that's authentically narrated. Whether it's, irrelevant, whether it's relevant here or not, I don't know. Um, so that's the case. So anyway, I mean, I don't think that's something groundbreaking. Everybody knows when you say Taraweeh, it's going to be in a masjid with a with the Imam and congregation and you know, so that's that's established. The next statement that the author adds is that it's to be done with witr, ma'al witr, okay, and after Isha and in Ramadan. This is all to establish the legal achievement of Taraweeh. If you want to say I did Taraweeh, this is what you gotta do. So he's saying now you've got to do witr there and then. Now that again is from uh, 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 you know now from the author. That's also a big statement that needs unpacking. So, Sheikh says, so what this means is that they must do witr with the Imam to get the full kind of game. What's the evidence for that? The Prophet Sallallahu is very interesting actually. As I told you before in the first session about the story of how this all came about and how the Prophet Sallallahu prayed the night prayer and how the, uh, the taraweeh was done and so on. And I said that historically it was not done many times. Um, we know in one narration of... Uh, the hadith that the Messenger of Allah prayed with the companions um, on the night of the 23rd 
of Ramadan, on the night of the 25th of Ramadan, and the night of the 27th of Ramadan. This is a different hadith to the one which we spoke about, in which the first three nights were prayed and the fourth one he didn't come out. So this is another hadith. So we know now that the Prophet on one year or one occasion prayed at the beginning of the month and another time he comes out at the end of the month and it's clear that the odd nights of the last ten are being emphasized and the Prophet is not coming out all the time. Right, so he does that. And each time he differs in the length of the prayer. And so on the 23rd night, he prayed a third of the night with them. On the 25th night, he prayed half the night with them. And on the, the third night, which is the 27th night, he prayed almost up to Salatul Fajr. So the majority of the night. And they then said, the companions, who are obviously loving this, and loving that it's getting longer, loving the moments with the Prophet they said, if you could maybe يعني, pray with us for the rest of our nights as well. Right? Uh, uh, well, actually, more accurately, if you could pray with us the rest of the night as well. Meaning, you, you know, we just want to pray more. We are loving the fact that it keeps increasing. So let's يعني, knock it all out. Let's pray all night. This is Ramadan. This is what you said. Man qama. Ramadan, you know, who spends a prayer of night, yani, you know, so they're really up for it. So the Prophet Sallallahu when he heard this statement, that's when he said the famous hadith which I mentioned last week, Man qama ma'al imam hatta yansarif kutiba lahu qiyamu layla. This hadith, um, we, we described this last week, narrated by Imam Ahmed. And narrated by Imam Abu Dawood as well. Hadith number 1375 for Abu Dawood. Narrated by Imam Tirmidhi as well. He said, Hadith Hassan Sahih. Narrated by Imam Nasa'i as well. It's not the most authentic of hadith. Let me just make it clear. But it's authentic enough. Absolutely authentic enough. Translation of the hadith. Whoever stands with the Imam until he departs. Until he finishes. Then the whole night will be written for him in prayer. So now the hadith makes sense. I mentioned this, I think, first time, first week's lesson and last week's lesson to indicate yani, the importance of following the imam. Last week I emphasized it because obviously people, they think that it's the sunnah to leave after eight. You know, we had that whole discussion, right? And when they're praying in a masjid in 20, which is a bid'ah, to be thinking that this is the sunnah to leave. The sunnah is to pray eight as an entirety. But if your imam is praying 20, the sunnah is to follow the imam. Why? Because it is hadith. Whoever prays with the Imam until the Imam finishes, then the whole night is then done in prayer. Now that hadith was not about 20 units on Imam. It's actually his response to the companions who want him to pray more. The Prophet ﷺ is saying to them that, no, just pray with me and you're done. Okay? Pray with me and you're done. Now, that we use in a different way when we talk about yani, in our 20 issue and 8 issue. But now we're using the hadith in its original context. What are we trying to prove? We're trying to prove what? What are we currently trying to prove, folks? Why are we quoting this hadith? The imam. Nope. What are we trying to prove? Why are we, why are we covering this now? What section are we explaining? Explaining the imam. Nope. Guys, online? Too much. Nope. That's how we've been using it historically. Why are we covering this hadith and 
was the shahid of this hadith. Well done. Witter in jama'ah. Correct hadith. Well done, Usama. Well done. All right? So, and so that, that, that witter, um, so that, yeah, that's what we're trying to cover now. So the next question is, is that what's yani, what we call the, the uh, how does hadith prove that we should pray with her in jama'ah? If you look at this hadith, it doesn't mention witr prayer. This narration does not mention the witr prayer. It says that he prayed a third of the night, half of the night, most of the night. That's what it says. The companion said, can we pray more? Where's the witr? Not mentioned, right? No. So then why is Sheikh Uthameen using this hadith? Because the Imam finishes and ends with witr, Salma is saying, following the Imam for the entirety of his Qiyam, Zakaria is saying he finished praying with them and stopped his night prayer, i.e. he prayed with her with them. Basically, yeah, all of you people are saying the same thing. The assumption is, that yeah, it is an assumption, absolutely. It's not yani, stated. And that's why um, I myself, as I said to you right at the beginning before I used Sheikh Uthameen's explanation, uh, that the statement from the author itself is not it's not wrong and it's not inaccurate it needs further statement right uh yeah you should pray with the imam this hadith indicates it but is it not possible to pray with her at home by yourself of course it is of course it is but this hadith indicates right that the imam has finished and the Prophet ﷺ does not finish a prayer except that he prays with her at the end of it. So that's the assumption. And it's a good assumption and we, we go with it. But we also want to add that, oh, by the way, if a person was to leave, he could actually do a valid tarawih and pray with her at home. But this would not be the, the, the right thing to do. It would not be the best thing to do. That's the most important part. Because clearly the Prophet ﷺ prayed it. Yeah, and the assumption is a strong one. And then the action of the companions afterwards was that they used to pray with her in jama'ah during Taraweeh, during Ramadan, I should say. Okay, during Ramadan. So, Sheikh Uthameen says, This indicates that, the, Sheikh Uthameen says that this hadith indicates, or this response to them that, you know, the Imam, yani, uh, whoever stands with the Imam until he finishes, then he will be having the whole night written in the prayer, because he said the whole night, right, and finishes, you know, he would have to have said, except with her. I'll go and make sure you pray with her. He would have said it. So it's a good assumption to make. So Sheikh says that um, this is no doubt that means that he prayed with her. And if he prayed with her and they prayed with him, that means they prayed with him in Jama'ah. And that's why the with her should be prayed in Jama'ah. So that part's fine. But I want to make it clear that a person can have a great Ramadan and pray Taraweeh and pray with her at home. But like I've been saying for years, and I have a long video on this whole issue, and it covers the issue of ta'qib and this and that, whatever, whatnot. This is disingenuous. And Sheikh Uthameen will come and mention this a little bit later. I believe that it is disingenuous because um, a person who does, does that, who prays with her at home, is doing that way. He's like saying, I'm going to go home and pray more. That's what he's saying, isn't he? So he's thinking that I'm going to do something more and better. And to that we say that the Prophet's way is better. What he just told you is better. Yeah, and you finish with the Imam. Now, someone could validly argue, I and mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about this before the, the, the right time, but someone could argue and say 
No, today is very different because our Imam, yani, he prays the witr after half an hour of taraweeh. I don't feel like I've prayed anything. I pray that yani, I do have prayer normally. Don't quote hadith to me of the Prophet Sallallahu that you know you get the night yani, in uh, prayer if you pray with the Imam, so don't go home and pray witr by yourself. He was praying half the night, a third of the night, two thirds of the night, all the night. So of course, yeah, and he, you know, you wouldn't go home to pray with it. What home are you going to go to? Yeah, and he's done. It's finished. The night's finished. Where are you going to go to? Of course, you'd be happy to pray with it with the Prophet Today, I'm praying, praying behind yeah, and he, you know, Muggins here, who's, you know, trustees have threatened him with death and said that don't you dare, yeah, and he lead, you know, pray for more than half an hour, which is done, and now he's going to pray with it, and you're going to say that, okay, you get what I'm saying? So that's where the argument uh, is. Actually, Fizza already uh, just said it. What if your imam prays very short and you want to do more? That's the point I'm making. So it's difficult, but we should stick to our principle. We should say this is a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said that it cut out for some reason. I wonder if it's on uh, thingy. All right. I wonder if it's, I, I, I hope it, I can't even check if it's on Wi-Fi or not. No, you can't check either. Anyway, because if I check, if I pull it down, I think the recording will stop and then Shazad will kill me. Anyway, um, so what I was saying is that, um, uh, guys, did you hear my question? Did you guys hear my question online? Uh, where I said, um, what did I say? What was the question? Yeah, if it's a short prayer and whatever. Yeah. So, so my point is that you should, you should have faith in the hadith. If you're in a scenario in which, you know, you're in a country like certain countries. Yeah. And my guy, Yanni, you know, knocks it out, thinks he's been shawi, does it in 20 minutes, does about two pages. Cuts it up into eight rakah or even twenty, whoever knows, yani, and you feel like, uh, you know, that I don't feel fulfilled. Well, inshallah, if you're a good person, sincere person, I think that you get the reward. If you're like some black yani who's like buzzing over it, does he get the reward? Well, you know, who are we to say he doesn't? The real question is, is that, you know, would you do it? Would I do it? I don't think I would. I'm not going to lie, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't think I would, yani, pray the wizard of the imam. Or I would do what's coming up next, right? Or I wouldn't go in the first place. And that's probably best, right? If you've got the ability to pray yourself, you wouldn't go in the first place. You'd pray a higher quality, four or five hours, your own thing, your own responsibility. That's the only basically what I would do. But I just want to make it clear that the witness should be prayed in Jama'ah. That's the Sunnah. And even if the Imam prays short, I think that you'll get the reward. But... And it's difficult for me to put a but. I don't want to put too many butts in because that's the facts, right? I don't want to say, but if you're a practicing guy who's into Quran, then maybe you shouldn't do it. You're going to open up Pandora's box. But I just want you to know that I don't think anything negative. I don't think that's wrong for someone who's into Quran. and you know, for, Joe, for basic Joe blogs, the basic masses, for them to do that, I think it's good. And it's a sunnah and they should you know, be happy. Whereas I think people who are pushing themselves and taking it to the next level, they'll have in shower or what? That has been inside for, I'll tell you right now, 23 minutes. I don't know what's going on. Every second minute 
Does he maybe think that he can't come out or whatever? Or maybe the door, door lock, maybe? Okay, okay, all right. Boys, we're just having a little, a little crisis here because one of the lala went into the bathroom, he's still been in there for 25 minutes. <laughs> Flush went off like about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Is he locked? Is he locked? <laughs> anyway, uh, it might be locked. It might be locked. Yeah, at least whisper to the guy, yeah, knock knock and yeah. Astaghfirullah. Okay then, alright, that's fine. Right, let's just take a... Actually, let me just finish off this little part and then we come back to the... Oh, no, no, that's quite a bit away. That's quite a bit away. Um, so, I assume that that doesn't mean after witr with the Imam. We can still go home. We're going to come to that Salma. Okay, after praying with the Imam, can we go home and pray to Hajjid? You're going to see that, okay? Is that the only evidence Harith asks? You know, he himself is saying it's not really the strongest evidence. There's a few others. Obviously, the companions carried on praying the Witr in Jama'ah. That's the strongest one. It's a continuation. There's no doubt that it was prayed, Harith. There's no, absolutely no doubt. The question is, is that to make this your primary evidence isn't, yani, you know, the strongest kind of uh, approach. This act of praying Qiyam in the last third of the night after having prayed Taraweeh with the Imam is wrong. They do this in our mas masajid. Mesa, have you not seen my video on this? Yeah, I did it for Al Maghrib Faith IQ like a couple of years back. Okay? We are going to cover this issue probably next week in the detail that you, we're going to need for LP level. Okay? But, um, you know, this is what we're going to speak about. We're going to touch upon this subject uh, today, uh, inshallah, as well. Um, so, all of these parts are coming, by the way. Okay? Let's just carry on and finish this. So the next part is Ba'd al-Isha, after the Isha prayer, okay? Salat al-Isha, that means the Fard prayer and the Sunnah prayer. It means the Fard prayer and Sunnah prayer. That means if you do Taraweeh between Maghrib and Isha, this is not actually uh, Taraweeh, okay? He has not actually achieved the Sunnah. Again, Shaykh Uthameen says, he doesn't say it's invalid, he goes he didn't achieve the Sunnah. Because if a guy prays Qiyamul Layl between Maghrib and Isha, it's not called Qiyamul Layl, but it's Nafal prayer in Ramadan, it's great, right? And as you know, some people, some of the Salaf and some companions as well, not very authentic hadith, they used to pray between Maghrib and Isha up to eight raka'at and call it Awabin, right? Salatul Awabin. A lot of people do that, right? So, yani, if you do it in normal nights, then why wouldn't you do a thing again? You'll find most of our parents, pack parents, you know, that kind of people, they do that a lot, right? Yalla shukr. Yalla shukr, alhamdulillah. Oh, sugar. No, 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 alhamdulillah. <laughs> Yalla, shukr. Alhamdulillah. Habibi, we thought you died there. I'm telling you now. We thought you died and drowned and everything. We sent the search party out and everything. Anyway, alhamdulillah. Right. So, um, Fiza, I mentioned that last week, right? If you remember. I gave this example last week that there are some people who kind of try to split between the imams, right? And I said that they do that in the haram as well, right? So we'll come to all of this, right? We'll come to all of this. And Thaqib, good to see you, by the way. I heard about your operation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and yashfiq shifa'an ta'ma la yughadir saqama. Allahumma rabbuna sathib al-bas. Nasalan yashfiq shifa'an ta'ma la yughadir saqama. Tahurum insha'Allah, Thaqib. Alhamdulillah, at least your typing skills, Yani, are back. At serious surgery, mashallah, Yani. So, the... Um, 
Yeah, I mentioned last week or maybe even the week before that during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, they were all over the place. They were not just praying in the masjid, they were praying at home, they were, but they were praying individual. That's the key thing. All right? And should we... Uh, but if you just review that first session, maybe you'll get the answers because I, I covered it in detail. The first session we did, which is two weeks ago. Right. So, Sheikh here says that he didn't achieve the Sunnah. Now, I just want to make a comment here. Al-Hassan al-Basri, famous statement that he said that on uh, Laylatul Qadr, it is from Laylatul Qadr, or it's a, you get a portion of Laylatul Qadr praying Salatul Maghrib in Jama'ah with the, with the Imam. Okay? Yeah, I, need, I just want to say that while Sheikh Uthameen's point is correct, for Taraweeh to be called Taraweeh, it's got to be after Isha. He didn't kind of like destroy the whole prayer for a guy who prayed it between Maghrib and Isha, or even prayed anything between Maghrib and Isha, because I want you to know that generally Nafil prayers are very relaxed issues. These are we're in the section of Nafil, don't forget. And uh, we're easy upon people, and we want to generally encourage, and at all times of day and night, generally. So if we don't achieve one kind of objective, we achieve another one. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so he didn't say it's haram or bid'ah or whatever. He said he did not do the sunnah of what taraweeh actually is, which is long prayers in the night time after Isha. And again, after Isha, what does it mean? Not just after the fard of Isha, okay? But it is after its sunnah as well. So you pray Salatul uh, Isha, then you do your adhkar, then you should pray your sunnah, then you wait. Whether you come back later, because you prayed Isha early, all right? Or whether you start straight away because you're in a cosmopolitan city and you need people to you need people to work and you need to finish straight away, whatever. But Isha is its own reality. It has its two sunnah uh, after it, yeah? After the four rakaafar, after that it's got to be done. Then it is called taraweeh. It's got to be done in taraweeh. It's got to be done in Ramadan. Sheikh says at the bottom of page 60, في Ramadan. Now he says something of a serious nature. He says doing this outside of Ramadan is bid'ah. Okay. Now you need to know that this is a very famous uh, debate. Right. Is gathering in congregation for Qiyamul Layl throughout the year bid'ah or not? Sheikh Uthameen's point is stalled out immediately. A number of top scholars yani, have seen the opposite. Out of interest for you uh, folks, uh, my teacher in Hadith, Sheikh Abdullah uh, al Hafidahullah. obviously his speciality is not fiqh, but he gives obviously yani, lots of fiqh uh, 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 fatwas and gets himself in trouble as a result. But yani, you know, when you've got Hadith on your side, you can always defend yourself. Anyway, he wrote a paper, not a paper, he yani, published an answer many years ago, actually. You know what? Maybe in the 90s, you know. It might have even been like 99 or something like that. And um, he was asked a question by kind of like the ISOCs at the time, which were dominated by yani, Jamaat Islami, Ikhwan Muslimin, Young Muslims, all that kind of folks. So they asked him the question, that uh, we want to do youth qiyam. So you know this phrase youth qiyam. I want you to know that it comes from that era. It never was known in the early 90s or whatever. I want you to know a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit of history. The recent 
practicing this English Dawah. This is all called the Sahwa, the awakening. Yeah, it was not around in the 70s or the 80s. It was in Muslim countries here and there, better Jamaat Islami, better Salafis, better this, better that, better Tabligh. But the Western uh, kind of big kind of thing happened after a Arab kind of led thing which had Westerners studying and then they came back from their Azhars and they're mostly Saudis and Medina and Mecca and Umul Qura and Riyadh and whatever. So the Salafi Dawah kind of kicked off. It really kind of happened in the 90s. It's known as the Islamic Awakening, the Awakening, As-Sahwa. And a lot of other movements, they kind of like, you know, dovetailed into it. So uh, uh, this is, I'm being very general because there's many nuances. Like, I mean, you know, what about the Tablighis, the Gujaratis, for example, who've been in, in the Western countries for donkey's years. And, you know, their, their, their women were wearing hijabs and niqabs yeah, and even back then. Right, so it's not, uh, you know, I am, I, I am using very broad br brushes here, okay. Um, uh, Hizb al-Tahrir were part and parcel of that, right? They were part and parcel of that. But I want you to know that this sahwa came from, um, uh, it came from the Muslim countries. It wasn't yani whatever. Anyway, so after that, when that started to happen, you started to see a visible Islamic presence um, in uh, mosques, so not a cultural Islam, but one where people were really invested, and then of course the universities, that was a big one. So then when the universities then hit, then at that time no movement was better organized and bigger than the Ikhwan al-Muslimin and Jamaat islami type, yani young Muslims, as you've seen some of the names, MAB and MCB and MSAs in America and whatever, whatnot. So all of these were associated groups, okay? They were all associated with that kind of Ikhwan, Sayyid Qutub, Thingy Majig, I forgot the names of the, the, the key people, man. Hani Al-Banna and uh, 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 whatever, right? So these lot went to ISOC and their uh, methodology, Ikhwan al-Muslimin, yani as a Jama'ah, has its own methodology. Right, you might have people of sound aqidah within them, but they were like a pseudo political, pseudo Islamic leadership group. Right, they were not an Islamic identity, so they, so they had people who were tablighi even, or no, not tablighi, not tablighi, people who are ashari, for example, Shi'i aqidah, for example, like mashed up, and. Salafi aqidah, like proper spot on, no messing about, belief absolutely, you know, whatever. And then others who were like hardly practicing even. And Ikhwan al-Muslimin, where there was the umbrella body, they were like, you know what it is when you go to, we've got to focus on what unifies us and don't worry about aqidah and so much because that's what clearly divides us. So let's just focus on the basic stuff. So they, and obviously to have such an approach, you are naturally going to be liberal. You're not going to be conservative or orthodox. And so, what happened is that in the 90s, very much in the 90s, the best group to actually get the da'wah uh, uh, organized in universities and colleges and whatever were these people. And so if they're the ones who are best yeah, any place to organize it and create ISOCs and create mosques and musallas and circles and Islamic kind of vibe, then it doesn't matter that they're liberal or they're not very orthodox or they're very poor in knowledge, but they're the right people to get the job done. And so they were supported and they did get the job done, right? 
And today's da'wah owes a lot to them, just like we say it owes a lot to the tabligh. Like, like I keep saying, we owe a lot to the Gujarati community in the UK, for example, because the packs are a mess, right? The Gujarati is very conservative and orthodox, holding it down. So, um, and that is indeed where Fosis came from, Adil, okay? And the precursors of Fosis, young Muslims, and, 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 and. In the universities, they were struggling to work out, okay, um, what was uh, um, what was uh, the kind of the right way to really kind of uh, engage these Muslims who are not very practicing and very cultural and do it in a nice fun way so but you know we, we, we want to do more than just play games together and whatever one we want to try and introduce some dawah so they created that whole youth qiyam uh, night actually even earlier forces were even earlier that's why i keep saying that it goes back to early 30s 40s 50s 60s this whole ikhwan muslimin jamaat islam movement started yeah and whatever but then it kind of started to formalize more in university scenes as a different animal in the in the 90s to what it was basically but anyway we're, we're diverting so i just want you to understand that they would then say that basically, let's come to the masjid, we'll put on food, so we'll get pizza in, right? And then we'll do some activities, we'll have football and we'll play some games and stuff, whatever, and then we'll pray, right? We'll pray, and that was the way that they would do the da'wah, hopefully trying to, whatever. Now, listen, I'm not knocking that part. I can think of a hundred yeah, more enjoyable Islamic activities that make me pray all night when I don't know how to pray. I don't know what they're saying, I don't know whatever, but that was the idea behind it. And I'm sure that they got um, uh, oh sugar, well done Sarah We did this in year 9, lesson 33 Wow, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that Wow um, So anyway um, I want you to realize that They needed a fatwa Because The big thing about a youth qiyam Is that they were organizing it Like you organize taraweeh they were announcing the Jama'ah on a set date and 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 they never had um, really a, a background for it and a basis for it Sheikh Abdullah Jideh gave the fatwa on his permissible on his permissibility and wrote a small little kind of treaty on it or paper on it uh, in the 90s and why did it become famous is because Sheikh Kihlan wrote a refutation of it Okay, I remember it in the 90s, it was a back and forth between them. And it was all done in, on paper. There was no computers and that kind of whatever. And it was done in the magazine Al Hadi Nabawi, which we're uh, currently uploading again onto our new website. So, this, when Sheikh Uthameen makes this point, he is speaking about that point that the Salafi generally, Al Hadith generally, and a lot of scholars actually generally follow, which is that. These prayers, done in this organized fashion, is a problem, right? And Sheikh Uthameen said it, it's bid'ah, and Sheikh Kehlan was following that same line. Now, how serious or not, let's just read what he says, and I'll share my thoughts with you. So Sheikh says, um, Taraweeh outside of Ramadan is bid'ah. And if, so if the people want to actually get together and pray the night prayer, okay, in the mosques, in congregation, outside of Ramadan, then this would be an innovation. 
i.e. he's saying youth qiyams and any other qiyams it's an innovation however there's no real problem if people sometimes outside of Ramadan pray the night prayer in congregation at home in congregation at home this is because of the action of the Prophet he prayed it once and very famously with Abdullah ibn Abbas the famous hadith in which Abdullah ibn Abbas stood to the left hand side and then he took him by his ear and he brought him round so intention you know he woke up he's at his aunt's house he wakes up sees the Prophet praying and the Prophet could have stopped him but he prays with him okay he prays with him also so that's narrated in Bukhari Kitab al-Adhan hadith number 698 one time the Prophet also prayed with Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu as again narrated by Imam Bukhari in the book of the Hajjud hadith number 1135 he also prayed sallallahu in jama'ah one time with Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu ta'ala anhu hadith narrated by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad volume 5 hadith 398 also narrated by Imam Abu Dawood hadith number 871 all of these prayers he prayed in congregation in his house different occasions so therefore we know that congregational prayer is something which is legitimate the question is how far you're going to stretch it where you're going to take it in all three of these scenarios it was not organized announced planned these were all circumstantial the moment occurs let's do it I think I might have mentioned in the first or the second lesson this is the third of this year I think I might have mentioned that we spoke that if people are in their in masjid, which is very unlikely, but if they were, and someone said, hey, you know, I'm some people started praying outside of Ramadan, I mean, right? Do you want to pray? That kind of thing, by the way, is very, very possible in the Haram. They're open all night. Yeah, both of them. I mean, at the moment, COVID rules are different, but uh, in Haramain, people are there praying all night. All evening individually right now you're worried about doing it there because every single night there's people praying there it's almost like organized like you know if someone was to come along and say hey guys you fancy just you know doing it together that's why Shekhar Tamin goes a bit further right than what I did I stopped and I think that it's okay to do it in a masjid. But not like a masjid Nabwe or the Haram because that's too much. Because that's, that's almost, for me, that's like organizing it. But if like my masjid, for example, where it's closed during night times and we decide to start leaving it open, for example, in the evenings, just to encourage people to come. And a couple of people started hanging around, right? And so randomly one, one night, you know, someone says, hey, listen, I'm gonna, I came to pray tonight. I was going to pray, and I was going to pray by myself. This is the key. And what were you doing? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's too noisy at home, and I couldn't do it, and I, I was going to pray. Thingy. Do you want to pray Jama'ah? Hey, yeah, that'd be great. I think this is absolutely fine in the masjid. Absolutely fine. And I mentioned that in the first or second session. Sheikh Uthameen doesn't say that. He goes that, no, you can only do it at home, because if you're doing it in the masjid, you had some intention. And he's probably right. Most of the time, there will be if you're going to the masjid to pray the night prayer, which is a private prayer anyway, well, who's doing that? But the truth is, is that we know that that's very possible, actually. 
is very possible. If you've got small space at home, if you've got kids at home, if it's noisy at home, or you're living in a city and you it's possible. So I think that that should just be added a little bit. Anyway, Sheikh says, um, uh, that, so the Prophet did it, but he didn't make it a sunnah ratiba. He did not make it common and normal or regular. Okay? And he never did it. وَلَمْ يَكُنْ أَيْضًا يَفْعَلُهُ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ And he didn't pray in a masjid either. And that's true, the Prophet didn't do this in a masjid. But we're looking at the illa here. And the illa is, is that you're not intending to pray the jama'ah. And if you don't pray, then I don't mind where you pray. Okay? Like, I'll give you an example. Another example. What if, in, well, which is the same as this one here. What if you're in your friend's house? You're doing a sleepover, for example. And you wake up and you think, you know, I'm going to pray. Right? And so you go and pray. And the other guy, you know, the one whose house it is, he was also prays normally. And he gets up to pray. And he says, listen, hey, let's pray. That's yani legitimate. That could happen yani, on a trip. Now that's the problem, right? That's where the problem occurs. Let's say we go on a retreat. All right? We go on a retreat, an Islamic camp. And you're going away five days. And you've got all the big boys with you who, you know, are hafad and lead the masjid and lead the salah and the masjid and whatever, whatnot. Yani, you know that everybody's going to this event to get away from the dunya and whatever, and people would like to pray, even if pray by themselves, but this is the environment to do so. So everybody knows it's going to happen. And suddenly, conveniently, we're going to pray a jama'ah. Do you know what I mean? Right? A lot of scholars will say, this is bid'ah, this is actual organized, you know, from before, in the actual thing, whatever, whatnot. So I hope you can see the problem. I'm going to continue, and then I'm going to give you what I think. Um, actually, he doesn't go on. He doesn't say anything uh, else about this. He doesn't. Uh, so I'm going to, I'll tell you my thoughts on this. I was always stuck between the, the middle. I was not entirely convinced of Sheikh Ihlan's position. That's back in the 90s. And I was never, never completely convinced of Sheikh Abdullah's position. Right? Where does that bring me? I think it should be avoided. I think the safer position is to try to avoid it. However, I have to say that if there are a group of people who really are into it, and they will benefit from it and the environment is kind of set up for that like an islamic retreat or something like that a camp that happens yani, not for the sake of the tahajjud but to get the brothers together to give them da'wah and now that they're here this is an opportunity still i would say that's against the sunnah still i'm, I'm hesitant but i will not criticize that act and would I partake in it? I might even partake in it as well. I think that there is more here to meet the eye. I think that, I think a blanket statement is possible to say, yeah, like Sheikh Uthameen says that, doing taraweeh outside Ramadan bid'ah. I think it's okay, yani, but, but I do think that there could be us going a little bit easy on some people at certain times. Would I feel, com would I feel comfortable yani, organizing it and being the one who gives the permission for it to happen in Islamic retreat? I would not say no. I would not say never, I'm never gonna do it. I would be flexible on the matter. I think it's a matter of had. I really do. And Allah knows best. All right, Sheikh's gonna go through some points now, some random points. Let's go through um, some questions here. Um, 
Salma asks about uh, Sheikh Jade's fatwa and the reputation. Uh, it's not in English, first of all, but in Arabic, um, it might be in the early copies of um, uh, Thingy, of Al Hadiyah Nabwi, if I remember correctly, and then that will need to be found. It's not available publicly. Or it might have just been in paper form, because I remember, you know, I was there, Shikhalan, when he was writing the response, so I don't know. How about the family praying Qiyamul Layl together on a regular basis at their home? Right? So this is something which needs to be spoken about, right? Because how is that not an organized behavior? Well, it's at home. It's okay. It's your family. The Prophet ﷺ encouraged the waking up of the other partner to pray the night prayer. There's a hadith and it's indicate that, right? May Allah have mercy upon the one who does that, in fact, said the Prophet ﷺ. And the hadith of the Lebanon Abbas yani, indicates that. So I think it's okay to do that. I think it's good to do that, in fact. Okay? Um, but not all the time. That's just the main thing. Not all the time. But regular is okay. But not so regular that it was all, I think. Aqeedah, we organized a retreat and we put it in our itinerary. Aqeedah says, I went, into, I went to a retreat and it was in the itinerary. The logical prophetic guidance, actual official one, <laughs> it was in our itinerary because of a little bit of pressure. I didn't need lots of pressure. I was lent on very gently and I was like, yeah, alright then. Because of Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar and this and that. I like listening to him. I said, I can do you for all night, no problem. I'll stand behind you, easy. So did the Sahaba ever pray Qiyam together in, in congregation in the Masjid outside of Ramadan? Salma asks, I don't know of that. I don't know of that ever happening. I can't tell you that it definitely happened. It wasn't, certainly wasn't real uh, sorry certainly wasn't regular and common that's that's what that's a fact i miss sharing his comment he 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 mentioned that the first and last and one and only lp retreat that we did in uh, lake district that we did do it so is the class position what are now is putting me on the spot is that if it was not organized and premeditated premeditated then it's okay yes definitely the class position is definitely that because but an actual fact pretty much no scholar would disagree with that that if it happens just like that, just because it's not at home, if it was somewhere else, then, you know, no, I think it's okay. And I think most scholars would accept that. The real question is, is that we are premeditating it. Is that allowed? Fatima asks, during the last 10 days of Ramadan in some massages, they pray Taraweeh after Isha. We're coming to that, Fatima. I mentioned we're going to come to that. By the way, oh, sugar. My playback stopped. Have you guys had any um, uh, interruption in your thinking? In your video because uh, my one has stopped uh, playing still recording though let me just see nope Sarah saying nope everyone saying nope which is good that's fine okay we'll carry on then um, so um, Burhan asks isn't there a report where Hassan Basri prayed Qiyamul Layl with a thief with a thief who entered his house which may validate this. That wouldn't validate anything. That would validate what we've already been saying that the Prophet did. We don't need, obviously, that story to validate. It's the other way around. But yeah, like I said, Yani, you know, that whole concept of someone just praying is going to be common. It's not as rare as you may think. Mesa says, so they're saying that the problem of praying Qiyam in congregation outside of Ramadan is the fact that you are encouraging people and gathering the people to do it. Yeah, the, the problem is that you are legislating it. You are formalizing an act of worship. Yani the definition of bid'ah. That's basically 
what we're doing. It's, it's definitely dodgy ground. That's why in my heart, I don't want to give it a carte blanche here and you say, yeah, it's all good. It's definitely not the correct way of doing it, right? You're on risky ground. She then says, what about the concept that it is something that is not legislated, but not the sunnah? Wouldn't that apply here? So you remember when we did that, we were also very delicate and not happy with the way that we were explaining that and that it's not the most and the strongest principle as well. So I don't think you should apply this concept anywhere, let alone here. But if they don't apply this concept here, then is it valid to selectively apply this principle? Exactly, I think that's my, my point. That the idea that something might not be the sunnah, but it's not legislated yet, it's something which is allowed to do, is a nazik matter and should be very carefully dealt with. But yeah, because of the existence of this principle, we are not always going to go hell, hell and thunder yani, against someone who does an action of this kind of nature. This kind of nature. Allah alam. Would you pray with it in jama'ah at home with the family if you are praying Qiyamul Layl? If you are praying Qiyamul Layl in jama'ah in this manner, like that, then yes, you can pray the witr in jama'ah as well. The whole point of this is that it is done random, not organizing. So just like yani, you can do that to the jama'ah, you can do that to the witr as well. Again, even though it's not the sunnah to do it regularly. All right? Is there sunnah evidence of the Prophet ﷺ reading Qiyamul Layl with his family at home? Um, Abdullah ibn Abbas is of course his family, but I think what you mean is with his wife, wives, any of them, individually or collectively. I cannot recall a direct evidence of his action. Interpreted from his statements, yes, but can I recall a hadith in action? I can't. That's not to say that it's not there, but I, you caught me on the hop, so I don't know, okay? What about the concept that it is something that is not legislated permissible? Yeah, yeah, I just don't like it. Nazak matter, yeah, it's a sensitive matter, delicate, delicate matter. All right. Yeah, Hadith, you see, this is the problem. When you say that yani, a, a situation is difficult and then you say, can you define, organize a bit more? The whole, that's the whole point I'm saying. The whole thing is sensitive. It doesn't matter if I define it whatever you want. There is loopholes here. That's the whole point. For example, if someone dropped mum or dad a text in the morning saying, let's pray Qiyamul Layl tonight, that's organized. You know, the answer to your question, Hadith, is that if you were asking a group of 10 people, what would the majority say? That's all, that's all it is. There's no Islamic answers to these questions when you say what is organized. Organized is, I think that is organized. You had a thought, an intention, you hooked up next people, they agreed, that's organized. The easier way, had it is to look at the opposite. What's not organized? What's not organized is waking up and seeing someone praying and saying, you know what? It'd be great if I pray as well. That's not organized. Not organized is the you know, thief coming in and getting caught. And then my guy not beating him and saying, come on, let's pray at the hajjud. That's not organized. So sometimes you look at the, the opposite to help you, uh, you know, get the answer. Last question before we just carry on this. Is it the same ruling for congregational qiyam and other nawafil prayers in congregation at other times of the day? No, it's a lot stricter for those because this is يعني, a night prayer that's been prayed in congregation. In the daytime, there is no nafil prayer that's prayed in congregation. So no, this does not apply. The same ruling is not the same. That's definitely bid'ah, of course. All right? All right. Sheikh says, he puts a few mas'alas forward. Let's say, let's put a scenario forward. He goes, what if someone says, um, you guys have said that 
you should only pray 11 raka'ah of night prayer. Eight normal units, three witr. Sahahtum hadha. Okay? That's what you guys have made authentic and that's what you guys are telling us. Yeah, and we're 20 folks, you are 11. Yeah? What about if we pray behind the Imam who is praying 23, so he's praying 20 units plus 3, right? Or praying more, but he's praying more than 11 is the point. Okay? When he stands up, to do number 12 in the sixth unit. Yeah, so he's already prayed five prayers equals 10. Then he stands up to stand now to pray the sixth prayer, right? So he's gonna pray 11 and 12. He goes, what if I, when the Imam stands up to, after the first sajda to the 12th, I stay seated and I finish off by myself, that means I did 11, which is a madness really. Yeah, that's in, as in, as like a hundred times worse than what we were cussing last week, which is people walking out after eight. At least those people finished the flipping prayer and it with them. Do you know what I mean? Whatever the number or whatever. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you honestly kidding me? The guy, he, he he's cutting himself out. Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen is obviously a lot more polite and calm and you know, balanced than I am. He goes, we will respond to this guy, okay? Then the, sheikh said, the questioner says, you know, should I do that? Or is it better to complete with the Imam? Yeah, should we stick to 11 strictly and get out? Or should we complete with the Imam? So Sheikh Uthameen says, no doubt. To complete with the Imam is what's better. Because of the hadith we mentioned. Yani, uh, evident, uh, uh, firstly, because of the hadith. All right? The Prophet ﷺ said that whoever stands with the Imam until he leaves, the whole night is written for him in prayer. So, if you sit down at 11 whilst the Imam is standing, okay, right? Um, so, no, actually, he, he, Sheikh gives an example. He goes, so if, an, if a person went to the masjid, okay, for tarawih prayer, and just sat at the back chilling, right? And just waited for the witr prayer, and then stood up and prayed the witr prayer with him until the imam finishes, so that he can have risen for him the whole night in prayer. Does he get this achieved? The answer is no. Sheikh says no, because, uh, he did not pray with the Imam until he finished. What he did is that he left a part of the prayer. Okay? He left a part of that prayer. The hadith says that whoever prays with the Imam until he finishes. And I intentionally sat at the back and I didn't and I only chose a part. So I left a part and I chose a part. This is not me praying with the Imam until he finishes. So if we agree on that, then you are also yani, doing it wrong when you do not pray with the Imam when he stands up for the 12th and you sit down for the 11th and you, got, you exit out with the salams. You've kind of, yani, you know, whatever. Exactly like Ajman says, like all the kids doing it. Why, Ajman, why are you hating like all of us used to do that behavior, bro? Why are you hating for? Maybe some people still do it today. <laughs> what are you hating for, Ajman? I guarantee 
the kids these days. Zakaria is spot on. You can see all the kids these days. Everybody these days. Right. The second argument against this practice is the other hadith. Right? That the Imam has been uh, positioned to be followed. The Imam has been placed to be followed. Right? And this is referring to, this hadith is referring to every single action of the Prophet ﷺ. Every single action of the Imam. Alright? The Imam. As long as the action is not prohibited. So as long as the action is not prohibited, the Imam is to be followed in the prayer. Okay? So, is praying over 11 raka'ah prohibited? Of course not. So it's not yani, something that you can yani, use an exception. So the Imam has to be followed. So no, you can't walk out of the Salah after 11 and then claim it's a Sunnah, which is even worse. Okay? What is an example? is when the Imam prays five for Salatul Salat Dhuhr. If he stands up and prays five, you know that that's wrong. And you warned him and he ignored you and you know for a fact that he is praying five. For a fact. And he's not fixing it. And we covered this last year. You sit down and get out the prayer. Finish off the tashahud, exit the prayer. Obligatory actually upon you. If you know for certain. If you don't know, it's something else. If you've got doubt, you think, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. We covered that all last year. Right? Um, and so, therefore, it's important for us to you know, be aware of this. Now, Sheikh Uthameen is going to say, and let's close with this and then we'll answer these questions. But he now goes into a big, a big point, right? He goes, it's absolute, and, and uh, I'll say this as a, I'm going to basically translate what he said. Okay, literally, because it's a reminder for all of us. Alhamdulillah, I think we're on this right page, but still I think a benefit, you know, it's, it's of benefit. Because it's an absolute must that we recognize that to keep uni united and unity as a concept is a fundamental priority for the Muslim Ummah. It's a fundamental priority. Maqsoodun qasdan awaliyan bin al-Islamiyyah. This is something which is actually a fundamental objective in the Sharia Aslan anyway. To keep united as much as humanly possible and that every action that we do that 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 splits off detaches that breaks that divides should be avoided unless it's absolutely necessary it's got to be of a of a such a level of importance because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and indeed this ummah of yours is a united single ummah surah al-mu'minun Verse 52. And Sheikh says that what that the disputation okay between the Ummah is a rejected act. Okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That's Surah Al-Imran verse 105. Do not be like those who turned into groups, they differed with one another after the uh, clarity after the information after the truth came to them so we gave them the knowledge we helped them out and they still yani went their own you know into their own interpretation their own ways and they became divided they lost yani the fundamental objective okay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for you in this religion 
what he prescribed upon Nuh, and that which we have sent to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and what we have prescribed upon Musa, Ibrahim, Musa, and Isa. What is that? What is that? Okay? What is that that has been uh, legislated? What are they meant to focus on? An aqimu din wala tatafarraqufi. Establish this religion and do not split up amongst yourselves. Do not differ amongst yourselves to the level where you start to become firaq. Right? Groups and sects. That's Surah Shura verse 13. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ فَرَّقُوا دِينَهُمْ وَكَانُوا شِيعًا لَسْتَ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ ثُمَّ يُنَبِّئُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ Surah Al-An'am verse 159. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that verily, indeed, those who divided amongst themselves, divided يعني, in their opinion of religion, turned and became Shia. Shia means sects, groups, okay, uh, parties. Yani, you have nothing whatsoever to do with them. Yani, that's something which is completely the opposite. It's something which we should not be involved in in any single way. These people who do that, okay, their situation is going to be handled by Allah alone. He's going to deal with it. All right? And it's, that's like a threat. Okay? Allah is going to deal with this. And then he would then let them know about what they used to do. And I give you this and this is what you do. I bless you this and this is how you, I told you to be unified. I give you the information, give you the sources, give you any the, the, the order of what. And then you still go and make this mess. And why is it? Because of your own desires, your own leadership, or your own opinion, or your own arrogance, or your own lack of knowledge. Not uh, 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 considering the opinion of the others yani, to be of, of value, and you putting yourself forward, whatever, etc., etc. And then these are the ayat, and then Shaykh Uthameen says, and then the Prophet said, Do not differ, uh, lest yani, your hearts. Yani, will then become divided as well, right? And this is what we say in the, in a, even at the physical sense, let alone the mental and intellectual and ideological sense. This hadith is mentioned in the sof of the prayer. So when people are standing like this, like that, you know the feeling is horrible when you see someone. You just want you know, grab them and just please come back and you go forward. Let's have a straight line here. And when people don't do it, it really, it hurts you. That level of hurt is one thing. But if you try to straighten a person and he says, no, I want to do my thing, you do your thing. Then, hatred starts to then develop. That's that ikhtilaf al-qulub. Right? It becomes a very deep-seated kind of dispute and whatever. Sheikh Uthameen then carries on. He goes that unity is something that is a objective in of itself and you will see the purpose you see the companions and they were often practicing this for example Uthman عنه, when he prayed the Salat al-Dhuhr as four raka'ah in Arafah on the day of Arafah despite the fact that the Prophet ﷺ prayed at Qasr and combined with Asr and despite the fact that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq did that and Umar did that and also Uthman in the beginning of his Khilafah for a number of years then he came to the opinion that actually we should pray like this. And he had his own ishtihad and his own reasoning and his own idea, but he did that. And the companions 
told him. But this is what Prophet did, and Abu Bakr did, and Omar did, and so on and so forth. And even you. But he made his ta'weel, he made his interpretation. And even those people who didn't like this and made a protest, they prayed with him, behind him, and gave salam with him. Exactly. Knowing that it's wrong, according to absolute the majority. It literally expands on his own. But that's the unity. We've got to keep together. Okay? They were like, you know, saying, this is, this is not right. This, for them, the crescent companions, for them, this additional two raka'ah is something which is a rejected act. And yet they still went and did that. Because there is a precedent, and there is, not a precedent, sorry. There is a, um, an imperative to maintain unity. Okay? So this is something which is, uh, you know, um, what then do you think يعني, about in, in increasing something which is separate anyway? It's not like even in the act which is really causing يعني, damage. We're talking doing an extra unit which is outside of that. Okay? So, Sheikh says that lots of people out there that come and tell you that we are followers of the Sunnah, we are followers of the Salaf. Okay? And uh, it's not right. Someone saying that and then leaving the Imam because he prays 23 raka'ah, okay? And then says that I'm going to pray the Sunnah and make it 11, all right? Because the Sunnah is for you to follow the Imam, that's the Sunnah. Not you claiming to be upon the Sunnah of the action of the Prophet The Sunnah of following the Imam and maintaining unity is far more important than the exact number that the Prophet prayed of a Nafal prayer which itself is flexible in number. Far, far more important. That's the actual sunnah. So he goes, this is something that is obligatory upon, upon the students of knowledge specifically and then generally upon the people as well. That they should try to يعني, call to unity and do that as much as possible. And This is very, very important. Divide and conquer. Sheikh Uthameen says that the Fusaq, the evil people, and the atheists and the secularists and the, all the other dogs out there, they know that their biggest weapon is to create difference between the people of good and the people of khair. And that's how we've always historically fallen. Right? We've seen that historically, whether in the Abbasid time or the Umayyad thingy, but I mean, the Uthmani Khilafah is the best example on how the Muslim Ummah was, you know, well, you know, you see. Uh, what happened is in this last 100 years when it came to the end of the Khilafah and what happened to Quds and whatever and the creation of some of the, yani, these countries that we're in right now, you know what I'm saying? It was yani, incredible actually. And that's why we're still controlled today because we allowed yani, our enemies to divide us in that, in that way. That's their, it's their number one uh, 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 weapon. And Sheikh Uthameen quotes uh, uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, now we're, in the, we're on page 63, he goes, you will not find a weapon stronger and more destructive than disputation and difference and to cause division, division. And that's why Musa said to the magicians, It will be upon you, he said to the 
magicians. Don't lie yani, about Allah, okay? Lest He destroys you with punishment, okay? Because those who lie are in real loss. Allah says in Surah Taha, right? So then they started to, after they have been told this, they started to dispute and argue and disagree with one another. And what happens yani straight after that? They lose. They lose to Musa salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us in this ayah that the cause of the loss was them yani becoming divided. The power of division. How destructive it can be. Allah even tells us that yani, if you are united, it's fine. But if you, yani, uh, you know, if you argue with one another and you differ with one another, then you will, yani, you will lose. Your wind will, yani, will peter out. Together, you're one big force, but yani, then it will be gone. So, he says that. We do unfortunately find some of the brothers yani, who are who say that we're upon the sunnah and so on and so forth and they kind of really yani, don't get this point and this really is against the sunnah actually it's against the sunnah that these people stick to their own opinions in such uh, a way and the uh, sharia is, is uh, always trying to do the opposite so he goes anyway in this issue alhamdulillah it's not a haram issue it's not a makro issue it's something that is a number which is flexible and you should not be walking out you should not be any uh doing all of this and you should keep the hearts united um uh, and he also says uh, and even if we're yani, doing this just to try to cover uh, try to achieve a khatam of the quran to try to complete the quran right as a as a as a as a as a as, a, as an objective and so therefore yeah yani, you wanted to leave after eight, but you know what? I'm going to stay to cover the, to get the full Quran heard. He goes, this is also a good yani, plan. This is also something good. We're telling you that the number's flexible. We'll give you more reasons. We're telling you the Imam should be followed. We'll give you even more reasons to hang about. What about listening to the Quran? Because you don't listen to it other times. So we'll throw that in as a justification to pray 20 if the Imam is going to complete it in 20. And this is a big statement. That's why he now says that this is a nos from Imam Ahmed. This is textually yani, collected from Imam Ahmed radiallahu anh, and some of the scholars that is actually recommended to that you uh, uh, finish the Quran in this before you actually go to Ruqwa and you'd make a dua. Okay, even though from the Sunnah we don't have any evidence that neither was this yani, a complete unit that needs to be done in prayer, like a whole khatam, or the dua of the khatam, certainly that's not from the Sunnah, yani, it's not authentically narrated, and let alone yani, to you know, finish it, and then before you go to court, lift up your hands, like one of the forms of witr prayer, and make a dua because of the barakah of the khatam. However, even though it's not from the Sunnah, okay, Sheikh Uthameen says, Okay, so as long as some of the scholars did it and they've got some ishtihad in the matter and they're doing it on some kind of basis, etc. And even uh, if he is mistaken, Okay, as long as it's not haram, they're doing something completely against this deen and whatever, right? So, yani, we shouldn't be doing that. 
we shouldn't be telling him this is, you know, that this action of yours is haram and you should, you are fasiq and you are evil, you are mubtadi'. But ma daman al-amr laysa ilayk, walakin imamak, so if the imam yani, is doing this and you're following, then you should do that, okay? And look how much, yani, the sheikh says to finish off now, look at the, um, the levels that the uh, scholars went to to try and keep yani, unity. Imam Ahmed, for example, alayhi rahmatullah, he used to consider that the qunut in Salatul Fajr is bid'ah, okay? To make a specific dua in a second raka'ah of every Salatul Fajr, all right? Um, however, when he used to be behind an imam that used to do it, he would follow him in it and he would say ameen. Even though he himself said the act is bid'ah, but if he, he recognized that there is some discussion and there's some validity and that there is some ta'wil, of course Shafi'i is the one who's held, held that position and he would pray behind him and he would say ameen. Uh, uh, and this is all to keep the unity. To keep make it one word, yani to keep the 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 qulub, and to avoid hatred amongst the people, amongst the people. Wallahu taala a'lam. What is Allah khair? All right, let's uh, quickly do some of the remaining questions, and then we will call it a night. Okay. My question is about Harun al Islam, who said he was afraid to cause division in Bani Israel. Okay. Not too short the question is, but that's obviously, you know, avoiding, uh, whatever. In your opinion, should we apply the importance of unity to the whole moon sighting issue divide in the UK? Absolutely. I do think that. I'm more than happy to take the other party's position, whatever that party. I, I've always said that my personal opinion, a moon sighting is local sighting. But the problem is, is that, um, and but I rule and I give fatwa by... Uh, universal sighting and the only reason I do that is because the majority of the people want that for me Islamically the other position is most valid so absolutely now I'd love to get more people across and I will keep trying but whilst I don't have the number and people want what they want and the dominant and the majority I will follow them I will support them that's a that's an exact example of, of that Bilal I mean to your dua um, Qabr asks um, <laughs> uh, What if you prayed 8 in congregation And the Imam prays with her as a 2 and 1 But you weren't aware And prayed 9, 10 as Taraweeh And then caught unaware With the 1 Yeah Do you need to read with her on your own? Absolutely not No You do not need to read with her on, on your own Alright You followed the Imam That's good enough that's good enough. Wallahu a'lam. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Right. Mesa, we answered that question last week, right? We said that if a person leaves after 11 because it's too long or because of whatever, then that's allowed, right? Thaqib says, I've seen some Hanifi Masajid do two tarawih prayers, 20 raka'ah each in the same mission in the same night during the last 10 nights of Ramadan. We're going to cover that next week, inshallah, Thaqib, okay? Next week. Um, uh, what have we got? You mentioned earlier about Salat al-Awwabin. Is this something permissible to do? I see my grandparents do it for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's permissible. It is permissible because the scholars differed over it. Is it yani, uh, done at the time of Salat al-Duha? Or is it yani, uh, prayed after Maghrib? We don't have an, uh, a clear hadith from the Prophet We have the action of the companions of Uhurair who used to pray at a certain time, Hudayfi used to pray at a different time, they used to pray at different times. 
So I think Maghrib is a valid position. It was a position of some of the Salaf. Yeah, but it's not a very strong position, which is why I don't pray. My father prays it, my mother prays it, without fail every single night. Um, the majority of the practice of the Muslims and the Muslim communities and the Ummah is awabin is the eight rakat after Maghrib. But I want to say from an academic point of view, the evidence is not any stronger than it is for the morning. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. What if one comes late for the taraweeh and prays the witr of the Imam, even if the prayer, even if the person catches the last rakah of witr, does this person get the stated reward as stated in the hadith? So if this person had intended to pray the whole thing and normally prays the whole thing, then yeah, I think he gets the whole reward. But if he's a blagger, then you know, maybe still he gets a reward. Who knows? All right. Would a job to buy vaccine for the country be permissible given that some of the vaccines have pork in it? I don't think it's permissible to buy unless it's necessary um, something which has porcine and matter in it. Unless you follow the position that it's diluted so much that it cannot be chemically reconstituted or it cannot be, it has changed state, which is possible. It's obviously in Islamic position. Um, or if this is a life-saving vaccine in which there's absolutely no other alternative, then there's some you know, flexibility. But if it's not, then I think it should be avoided. Wallah alam. Allahu alam. What if there are two witter prayers prayed as it, as, it, as it occurs in our masjid in Windsor? One after eight, the other after 20, and the imams switch. Would it be okay to end with the first imam and get the reward for the night? Yeah, I think that's okay because I think you've got two different kind of jamaats going on two separate kind of things, right? It's like almost like a service for one group of people and a service for a different group of people. I don't like it. This is, yani, look how messy this is. But do I think it's haram? Like a person, you know, going, it's like, you know, when you make a decision, should I go first Jumu'ah or second Jumu'ah? It's almost like that, right? And people make a decision based upon, yani, convenience. I'll give you an example, right? In our masjid in Chido, we have first Jumu'ah, second Jumu'ah. Um, I nearly always choose second Jumu'ah, right? Or I prefer second Jumu'ah. Why? Convenience. It's quieter, less busy. I can relax afterwards, have a chat with the brothers, whatever, whatnot. All of that's missing with the first. Rammed, busy, stressed, no parking. You've got to leg it quickly because... Uh, the second lot are coming in. You know what I'm trying to say? Two separate things. So my interests have made me, my personal desires have made me choose the second one. Sheikh Ihlan, on the other hand, always, only the first one. He goes, that's the asl, that's the actual one. He's trying to get all Islamic and religious about it. That's the problem. You know what I mean? All these goody two-shoes, they're trying to get religious. So he's got a point, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? The asl is the first one. The second one is the tabi'ah. So I said, well, that's a very difficult argument to argue against. I can't yani, say anything against it. So I put him on the spot. I said, tell me now that the second one's invalid. I go, you can't. And as long as it's valid, then a person choosing the second one is fine. He goes, that's right. He goes, oh, it's a valid prayer. The prayer is established for a need. It helps yani, the people coming to the second, helps the people to the first. By the way, I'm a nice guy, by the way. I know that you think I'm a hater fully. But I'm not a full disaster. One of the main reasons I, I didn't mention it because I'm so humble, obviously. So modest, yeah? 
one of the main reasons that I come to the second one is that I don't work on Fridays. And I've been that person who works on Fridays. You've got Lafange who are coming to the first one who don't need to be there. The first one should be preserved and saved for all those miskeens who work in offices and have only got 45 minutes for lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're working in a company, Kufar, blah, blah. Whereas I'm yeah, chilling all Friday. I can come anytime you want. That was always one of the main reasons I used to come. So I said to Sheikh I said, tell me that this is invalid. You yourself are the one who gives fatwa that allow the second prayer and the third prayer. If there's a need and necessity, small masjid, we've got lots of people, what are we going to do? So, yeah, he goes, yeah, you're right. I don't mind a person choosing second or third for them to come, but me, I'm going to come to the original one. I don't care about yeah, if he's leaving space for anybody else. He's got also the same, never works on a Friday. So just that's something interesting for you to think. So when someone says, you know, can I come to a message to choose yeah, the morning one or the evening one or to start that one? I think it's okay. Even if this is a bit different, a person starts with the beginning of the eight and then takes a seat while the witted is prayed, then starts. There's no doubt that the, the continuation group, they're going to stop, aren't they? It's going to be like a, a raha, isn't it? So I'm not saying it's good. Just like two Jum'ah and three Jum'ah is, is also not good and it's not the Sunnah. It's not allowed, by the way. It's not allowed to have multiple Jum'ahs. It's only allowed as a fatwa because there is no other masjid than space. You know what I mean? It's a fatwa. You can't, you, so likewise, this is also shouldn't be yani, encouraged. You get what I'm saying? All right. No more questions, guys. All right. Last few because it's got late now. And Lala is literally asleep. Yeah. And uh, he's literally gone. He's the one who worked all day and night. And you're the one yani, who's falling asleep. Khudakabandah. It's okay that we didn't put you on the camera. Uh, Umr Qayya says, on the unity subject, when it is not regarding religious matters, how far do we go to keep unity? For example, relationship between friends. There is no obligation technically as in, as in blood relationships. Yeah, just mates. So most people are very lazy nowadays. It is, it is exhausting. Oh my God, she's all right. It is exhausting to be the only one giving in relationships to continue them because other people are playing lazy and choose to never come out of their comfort zone. And if we give up, the relationship will end. So the answer is, you've answered it, obviously, it's not as serious as blood, right? So it's allowed for you to, you know, say, listen, I'm only giving what you're giving into this. I can't be giving more, completely. And actually, it might be more responsible to do that from a time yani management point of view and prioritization. But if you're doing it for the sake of making sure that you can actually do dawah to that person and help them, and there's reward there to be earned, and you're patient as a result, then of course that's better. That's what life is. Being exhausted is what Muslim is meant to be. Right? That's what we say. Our relaxation comes when we enter Jannah. The rest of this life, well, it's a submission, man. I mentioned this last week, didn't I? No, I didn't. I didn't mention this last week at all. I mentioned this on a call with the Qabila members. I mentioned this on a call with the Qabila members that are hosting our class. Guys, I've got to tell you something really important. Quranic art, you know, obviously, well, you should have heard the news by now anyway. Uh, LP, everybody should know what Quranic art is and how long I've been doing it and how I've been working on it. All of you make sure you attend the class. Very important, very beneficial. It's turned into a class now. We go through the best ones, go explain them in detail and make sure that you've got the ability to do it yourself. So anyway, I was having a meeting with the guys who are organizing it all. And uh, they asked me to just share one example, a random one. And so I did. 
And I'll share it with you guys as well. I said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, it, you know, obviously art is alternative, alternate random to dabur. Alternative random to dabur. Meaning yani, just random ayat that come to your mind that you see or hear and then you think of something which is outside the, the box. Your own reflection. So, so an ayat that I heard recited maybe a week or two weeks ago. And we tested them with hasanat and sayyat. I'm going to use this in a class actually. I thought that this would be good to use in a class. And for those who heard it already, I apologize. Anyway, I'm going to say it again now every class I teach it, so I'm going to have to keep apologizing. But anyway, the point I wanted to make is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, in all the hadith of bala, which is trial and test and disaster, whatever, Prophet told us that the ones who are tested most, toughest times are the prophets and then those who are very best, yani next to them. It's not fun, it's a disaster. Yeah, bala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he didn't say yani, with sweets and chocolates and things. He says that we're going to test you with uh, hunger, loss, catastrophe, death. So, bala is always a disaster. But in this ayah, Allah says, Right? He says, Hasanat and Sayyat. Good things and the bad things. And never is anything in the Quran mentioned in, in an order except that it's important. Why is Sayyat not first, which is the common sense thing? Why is Hasanat yani, there mentioned? Because that's the bigger trial. The good times are the bigger trial. The good times is when you become weak. The good times is when you become arrogant. The good times is when, yani, you know. You think that everything's cool and my life is cool. It's kufr that I'm upon, man. This is the real truth. Look at those pesky Muslims, yani, they're getting battered all the day, day and night, yani, look at them, whatever, whatnot. Al-Hassanat, the good things, the good times, that's the real test. So, yani, that's, as, that's like a random point. I don't know yani, how, I'm not saying that's a tafsir of the verse. There's a big difference then, where obviously the class is about explaining that, the difference between tafsir and tadabbur. And the whole class is about these examples. It's a brilliant class. Guys, make sure you're all there and you tell all your family, all your friends, if they want to access the Quran like this and reflect upon it. And obviously the class will discuss it now. I'm just rushing through. But my point is, is that when Muraqayah asked that question, we have to remind ourselves, life is meant to be exhausting. It's when it's not exhausting, we should be worried. We should actually actively try to make ourselves exhausted in life. That's my point. That's the reason I, I gave that example. Yeah? Sarah, you're having a laugh. Massive long one. I will read it later on and I'll, I'll pass it in Telegram. By the way, first time, uh, guys, we have our Telegram group, private group, you should join it. Someone put the link in. Right. I told no more questions here, so I'm only taking the questions for, or up to the point that I said, which is these few, few uh, 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 point there. Right. Burhan says, if one is traveling and is planning to combine Maghrib and Isha, if he enters the mosque at Isha Jama'at time, does he join the Imam? And if so, what salah does he join on Maghrib or Isha? Or you pray Maghrib alone, then join Isha Jama'ah. That's what I would do. I would first of all not enter the mosque. It would be silly to do that at Isha time. Never enter the masjid. If you did, then you could separate the place. Then you should pray Maghrib first and then pray the Isha afterwards. Either with him, catching some part, or you miss the Maghrib. I mean, you miss the Isha and you pray afterwards. But don't do what you see some people do, which is join them for Isha and make it a Maghrib. That's a disaster. 
Sheikh, I know you're ruling on vaping, but if you use this to completely stop smoking cigarettes, is this okay? Also, some vape juices contain ethanol. Is it permissible to use these? Uh, I don't have a major problem with the ethanol, the percentage and the use. It's not ingestion. It's not getting drunk by it. It's not being used in that kind of sense. That's not the problem. Vaping should be avoided. It's haram. But is it as haram or makro as smoking? And, it, and if it helps to stop, then obviously, no, it's not. And so it's better than smoking. So if a person used it for that reason, I can certainly see that it's, you know, I don't want to say it's halal, but it's not as haram as the other thing. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, I think is enough. Oh, by the way, I've got news. Hafizah says that the early bird expired today. Guess what? The early bird expires tomorrow. Just for those people who want to save 10 quid or 20 quid or 5 quid. I don't know how much you save. But the reason I know that is because I got a message saying that you didn't make the announcement. I said, you know what? Because I was in hospital, man. You're making me think about a Quranic artist that whatever, whatnot. And they'd already set the expiry date today. I said, yeah, my LP boys are, yeah, I thingy. So please extend it. So they extended it by, I think, 24 hours. So if you are down for this class, yani, one thing is us, but the other people, yani, you know, that's, uh, that's thingy. I can't wait to play the Wheel of Fortune on the class, by the way. That's the best part. Right, okay, Mesa, well done. All right. <laughs> Sara, you know what? That's so true, man. It's so much less stressful than not having to do your, do your uh, flipping summaries, man. Alright, but we'll do it. I'll do it tonight. Barakallahu feekum, zakmul akhair. We'll do your questions if you've got any. We've got a guardian night. Night is younger. Good night, man. Dali, you're right, yeah? You should be the most awake. I don't know what you're going to sleep for. You had like full shower in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yalla, guys. Barakallahu feekum, zakmul akhair. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfirullah. Muwa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. See you later, folks. Alright, let's go.